Good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Everyone, I am here with Nikki Stanford. Welcome to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast, Thank where you. we talk about, you're welcome, we're talking about vintage clothing today, and we're talking about Winthrop, Maine. And I met this woman partly because of her Instagram presence. You have a company called Freckle Salvage Company, right? Correct. How did you start that? So I have a about 25 years plus in retail management as my career. I worked in the Atlanta area for about 17 years and I've always loved it. I'm one of those weird people. I really enjoy the hustle and the bustle of retail, even you know during the holidays and things like that. So we ended up in Maine. My husband was in the Coast Guard. So we got stationed in Maine and we loved it here and decided to stay. So we bought a home and such. And I think I was about 40 years old. And I'd always loved vintage. Even as a kid, I worked at like auction houses and things like that. And we were walking around. We had went down to Brimfield down in Massachusetts. It just kind of hit me uh, like a ton of bricks. I was watching all these people and they were selling. And I was like, wait a minute, like they're, you know, they're gathering stuff. They're having a blast shopping and then, you know, and they're selling and they're making a living doing this. And I kind of decided right then and there. And we started out really small. I started, you know, just with a Facebook page and grew to a booth in a local mall. And we started doing larger vintage shows. And my son was in school and very young and not, not doing well. I wasn't around. I was working, you know, 70 hours a week at a retail career. And I told my husband, I said, by the time he starts first grade, like something's got to change. And we just just went for it. And it was, it's so silly because you think you can't do these things. And, you know, you make a phone call and you ask to look at a property and people actually let you and you're like, wait, you know, like it, it blows you away that it's not that it's super difficult, but the, the discipline that it takes to, to work for yourself is, is, is hard. But we started and we opened our shop there on Main Street in Winthrop, uh, August, 2019. Um, okay. Yeah. Six months later is when COVID hit and we were forced to shut down for two months. Yep. Yeah. You question all of your life choices and oh yes, cried so much. Um, didn't know what to do, but we, we kept plugging. Like we, we were posting every day still. We were doing lives. The Winthrop community was incredible. They were doing sidewalk pickups. You know, I was running things out to people's cars and I was shipping things and friends from away were, you know, buying stuff off of our eBay store and we survived somehow we survived and we came out of it and it's just been full tilt ever since. Well, I, I have to say your Instagram presence, your online social media presence, because I work in Damariscotta and Booth Bay Harbor. And from looking at your posts and Miss Marigold's vintage also, mm-hmm. I was like, what is this vault? I got to, <laughs> I got to check it out. And I went there in September and I walked into your shop by mistake instead of the vault. And you were so kind to me. And the whole vibe of it is fun. It's friendly. And the shopping is incredible. The way everybody sets up their booths and their areas, it's art. 
And it's yeah. so much fun to go. And so far I've been to two. I was at the Halloween one. And on Saturday, you'll see me at the December one, the oh, Christmas it's gonna one. Be, yeah, it's going to be so good. The um, So the vault is separate from our shop. So our shop is open seven days a week. And it's actually a really funny story how this happened. Because like I said, we had done shows. And we, you know, we had our takeaways from that. We had things that we loved about doing shows. But it's hard. I mean, if you've ever been to one, done one, you're, you know, setting up one day. You're selling for two or three. And then you're breaking down. And it, it's hard hard on you and there's wind and rain and weather and you know cancellations and so we had been renting the shop for about a year and I went to we had only signed a year lease because I didn't have the confidence that I should have had in myself so I went to re-sign my lease with my landlord and we were talking about the square footage of the store and he was like well you don't do anything with the with the garage underneath the shop and I was like no it's just a little garage and he goes well okay if you've never used it you know we, we went back and forth so I said well let me have the key because so <laughs> we we opened it up and my husband rolls up the door and there is a a 3,000 square foot garage, which is the same footprint as my store underneath the shop. It used to be the old post office in town. And so it was an actual working garage with a, you know, a postal office and things like that. And we just, we'd been sitting on this <laughs> 3,000 square feet for a year and I had never been in it. And it just kind of, we looked at each other and we were like, what can we do with, with this space? So it was October. It was, it was about August when we discovered it. And we, at that point, flea markets were still not really happening. And we knew so many vintage dealers that had lost out on shows. They were still being canceled. And, you know, you have several antique dealers that don't do social media. Like these guys, some people still have flip phones and, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and so we were like, what can we do to, to make our store better? But we also wanted to help, you know, as many people who were like us as possible, you know, these vintage sellers that had had such a hard year. So we just kind of just brainstormed and um, we're like, well, we're going to start a monthly flea market. And we operated it and began. So we started in the, the garage underneath the shop with 12 dealers who most of them are still with me today. They took a chance. I'm like, I was making phone calls and I'm like, I've got a dirty old basement and we're going to make it awesome. And would you like to try? And people did. And um, we ran it like a shop. So the vendors themselves weren't present. We kept the COVID restrictions in place. We had vendors that helped me. And even one of my vendors husbands worked the door and we kept a head count. And we had an app just like a restaurant. And so if you came to the door and we were at capacity, we would take your name and number and you could go shop the other businesses in town or you could go stay warm in your car. And then we were texting people when it was their turn to come back and shop. And, and we called it, we came up with the name The Vault because we were like, well, it's going to open for two days and then it's going to lock down again. And 30 days from now it'll open and you can come back, you know. And so we just, we created without even intending to just a fervor around it because it's like, well, you can only get in there two days a month and, and we were keeping it safe and people felt comfortable coming because of what we had in place. And it was, I miss the basement sometimes. It's um, it was, it was cozy and it was quaint and it was 12 of us and uh, it just kept exploding and kept growing and growing. So back in April, we moved into the space that you've now seen, which is in the old textile mill next door. And that's a 6,000 square foot space. And I have 24 vintage dealers um, in that space now. And that's the space that you've seen. But we started in the in the basement underneath the shop. So what do you do with the basement now? Do you have anything going on in there or do you just use it for your storage? Right now it's storage. 
Um, and my husband, it's my husband's domain. He's got his, you know, table saws and things like that down there, but it's there if, if something should happen. I mean, we've always got it in the back of our mind, but the space we're in now you've seen, it's, it's just incredible. It's, you know, it's an old textile mill. It's the, you know, the hardwood floors and the busted up windows in the back. And it's just an ideal place for a vintage market. You know, we continue to um, the vendors themselves don't have to be present. It isn't a requirement, but a lot of them come and you've been and you've seen a lot of them come and they volunteer. And so I, it's just this, it's just this fun environment and, and the, the displays are very inspiring and we have a different theme every month. So, you know, you're always going to find furniture and art and books and accessories and clothing. And we have one room that's pretty much dedicated to vintage clothing vendors in the vault and but every month we just do a twist on a theme so you came last month that was the haunted vintage market which was a blast we had a lot it was of fun so fun yeah so we've done all kinds of things we've had up to camp which is a very main theme we've done all american we've done winter wonderland i mean we've we've we just do different i have themes planned out usually a few months in advance so the vendors know how to purchase and they can plan so this month is my kind of christmas um, it's the first of two Christmas markets that we're going to do there. And the vendors get to kind of take, do their take on their favorite type of Christmas and whether it's vintage or Victorian or, you know, or mid-century or whatever. And they all, um, they all just kind of go with it. And I think it's fun for them. I think vintage dealers, it's an extra challenge to have that theme to kind of work with. It's, I think it makes it a little more fun. Um, you're not just picking whatever you're like very selective and about what you do. So it's cool. And then it creates this whole vibe of the event. It's very cohesive. It looks beautiful. I just have to say, I'm amazed at what you've done and you're bringing so much traffic to the town of Winthrop. Yeah. I didn't even know Winthrop existed because I just <laughs> go, yeah, I just go to my jobs and I um, I started in Booth Bay Harbor 30 years ago and so that's where I, oh, <laughs> Booth Bay Harbor is beautiful. Mm -hmm. But I do have to say, I've been looking for a place up there and I can't afford it. You know, so coming yep. to these different towns, Winthrop is a place that now I'm intrigued. I'm like, I wonder if Winthrop oh. could handle a little dancing school or a little performing arts center. You know, it's I'm getting, but, but that's because of you. That's because you started this thing yep. and I drove up. And so other people are coming too. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. the There's energy lots of space that in that mill. <laughs> There's more space in that mill for a studio. I know, I know. And I'm just, I love pickles and potions across the street. That yeah. skincare. She's amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. Winthrop is one of these towns that we came out of the pandemic with more businesses than we started the pandemic with. And I've tried, like, I'm, I'm kind of shameless sometimes when I, I message magazines and newspapers and radio stations, but it's like, it's a really big deal. We opened a little over two years ago. And since we've opened, I think it's probably six or seven, at least new businesses, including Pickles Potions and the Art Walk, which is a, another great artisan place down the street. There's a couple new restaurants. It's it's pretty incredible. It used to be a hop in town because of the textile mill. Like it used to really yep. back in the day, there was, I mean, a huge vacation population, which there still is. The population of the town doubles in the summer. I think when a lot of people think about Maine, they do think about the coast and they think lobsters and lighthouses and, and there is that and it's beautiful. But the, the lakes region, which is where we're located and going into the mountains and the foothills, which is where I actually live, there's a lot more to Maine than, than the coast. And the lakes region is amazing. And there's lots of great property for sale there. So... <laughs> 
That's really, it's good to know. And we all get into our little routines and just taking a few steps off your beaten path will open up a whole new world. That's cool. And also, yeah, I and I just think that Winthrop is something that people should come visit and explore. And I just love how you have created this business just from your heart and your ideas. That is so inspiring to me. Thank you. I get pretty emotional because it it really is my dream come true because it's like, and it's better than I could have imagined. My husband was able to quit his job in May and we now run the store together full time. So, and we have our son who's now nine. And so it really is our family business, but it's not just us, like our vendors. We have almost, I'm thinking we have over 50 vendors now for the holidays between the shop itself and the vault. And it's all a family. And I, I really want them all to succeed, whatever vision they have for their businesses. You know, we, we have this great vehicle to, you know, to help them. And then at the same time, it makes my shop that much cooler because they're in it. So it's pretty awesome. We have all kinds of, of makers and, and all of them are small businesses. Almost all the vendors are local. I think I have one vendor from Massachusetts that actually makes the drive to set up in the vault. She's incredible. And I've got a vendor from New Hampshire that actually makes the drive, but I rent the space for the entire month so they can come and go and work their space throughout the month in between. So it's so good for them, especially like moms and people with other jobs and lives. They have access to the building as long as the store is open, which is seven days a week. So they can come and go and get their space set up at their at their own pace. So there's not that hustle and bustle of throwing everything up on a Friday. And that's how the spaces are able to be a little more elaborate and a little more inspiring because they have that time to really flesh them out, which is really cool. Fantastic. Yeah. So how do people find you on social media? We are, it's, it's so much word of mouth and I could, I could probably give you five people specifically that have just been my cheerleaders. It's word of mouth. Every time a new vendor, like Miss Marigold, you were just talking about joins us. Then I reach that many more people because now she's sharing and you saw it. Mm -hmm. So every new vendor that comes on board, I've got a whole nother, you know, group of people. And it, it blows me away every month, whether it's the shop or, or the vault that it's every day people walk in and it's their first time. And that just makes me so optimistic because it's like, if once I get you in there, I've got you, you know, you're going to come back. Um, so I don't, I mean, our growth is just unlimited potential, but it's, it's the word of mouth. It's, it's, it's the Facebook vendors. All of my vendors are required to post on social media once a week. It's in the contract that they sign. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. I take that pretty seriously because I, I really believe it's like, how is anyone supposed to be excited about what you're doing if you're not excited about what you're doing. And so when, when you see my posts, that's real. Like I am always excited when people bring new things in. I'm excited when I bring something new in and then I I pass that on to them. And I'm like, look, it's like, what you're doing is cool. Like be proud of it, be excited about it and post about it. Every post doesn't have to be about selling things to people. You know, it can show them the process of, of what we do and how we do what we do. But yeah, they're, they, they have to post once a week. It's a requirement. And many of them post more than that. Um, But they, they blow me away with their posts. I got, you know, people, vendors now like me that are in their forties and fifties, and we're learning how to do things on TikTok and, and it just keeps going. It's really cool. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. And you should be, but it's not just, it's not just the marketing. It's the way you treat people. I felt immediately warm and accepted and you were so friendly. It's a whole warm vibe. It's so fun. It's like, it's having a little event for yourself when you go there. I didn't go with any friends. I went by myself. 
And all of a sudden, this group of girlfriends was talking to me and everyone was just so lovely. Everyone was so cool and fun. It's it's exciting. It's exciting to be there on the weekends of the vault. It's just, and this one especially, the responses, because I do put put the event on our Facebook page. I don't have a separate social media for the vault. It's That's just a little too much for me right now. So it's all through the Freckle Salvage Company Facebook page. But the responses to this are about twice as much as last month because everybody's really excited for Christmas. I think we definitely need Christmas again this year really badly. So I'm excited and nervous <laughs> for the weekend because I think it's going to be it's going to be nuts, but I've got so many, I, I basically offered to trade my second born child, which I only have one, but um, to, to get help in this weekend. And, and most all of the volunteers came through, the vendors are going to be there. And, and then I have the people that, that come in and, and that work with me. So it's going to be, it's going to be insane. So. I can't wait. When uh, this episode will probably air at the beginning of December. So is there a second event that you're having? We continue, okay. we do it every single month, even through the winter. I think that's one of the biggest questions that we get asked is if we, we keep doing the vault in the winter. And honestly, those tend to be busier because there's not a lot going on in the winter and we continue to do it. So the December vault is the 11th and the 12th. Fabulous. And the, the theme for that one is under the tree. And Ooh. we'll be focusing more the vendors. I've asked them to, because all of us have maker friends, right? And artisan friends. Yeah. And yep. they are open to partner with any maker or artisan friend that they have to bring their work into their space so that we can provide more gift ideas. Because people this month are going to be all about the vintage decor and, you know, and getting their houses decorated and trees up and things like that. But in December, we tend to shift more into a gift buying, you know, finishing up our Christmas list mode. So we want to use that to help more vendors and more artisans if possible. So there'll be other things in the space that'll be great for gift ideas and and whatnot. So, so much fun. We're having a blast. I'm so glad you Thanks came. For- I'm so glad to have met you. Like, that's really cool. I love doing this podcast because I love sharing what I love with other people. And I'm, I started out as a dancer. I have become a director and a choreographer and a teacher. And I love doing the podcast so much because I get to meet all these wonderful people. I'm just so proud that you are doing this amazing thing for your town, for your community and for your family. Yeah. You know, you, you have created this world that you take care of your family by doing this. And that is pretty awesome. Thank you. That's kind of part of where the salvage comes from is like, yes, we, we are vintage dealers, but, and I get emotional, but it's like, it also saved my family. Yeah. No, it's like, beautiful. Yeah. I get to see my kid every day after school, you know, I'm, I can pick him up now. And I missed a lot. There was a couple of years. I really missed a lot, but I had to do, you know, I had to work that hard. You know, that's where we were as, as a family and, and just to have, you know, we're home together every night as a family now, and we're still working. I'm so usually, yeah, I'm still usually posting and working on things, but it's like we're together. And, and, and so that salvage part isn't just about what we sell. It's, it's really about, you know, the way that it saved, saved my, my family. Fantastic. Yeah. I love that so much. Well, thank you, Nikki. I I'm so happy to know you. I'll see you on Saturday. I'm going to get there oh. early. There's some good clothes. The girls went all out <laughs> in the clothing room. So there's some great you know, vintage clothing stuff. Yeah. 
And you know what? The prices are not, they're fair and they're reasonable because I go to the Manhattan Vintage Show and I know how much it costs to rent a booth there because I have a few friends who rent the booths, but the prices at the Manhattan Vintage Show, they tack on like a hundred dollars to everything. It's so crazy. It's so, and this isn't my quote. I I read it somewhere and I can't remember where I read it from, but it said, you know, nothing in in your space needs a birthday, you know? So You know, we talk about these things and it's like, if you've had something and you're just either moving it or dusting it or, you know, whatever, either people don't want it or you have it priced too high. And the beauty of selling stuff is that now I have money to go buy more cool stuff. So yeah, we, we really try to keep, keep our prices because we want vintage accessible. We want, we have teenagers that come in and love it. I have, you know, high school kids that drop by after school and they love the shop and that makes me happier than if I was making you know, these high-end antique store prices. I'm like, no, I'd rather have a teenager flip out because she got a cool sweater. That makes me way happier than charging more. So, and then we make our money. We know what we pay for stuff and and we're happy with it. But yeah, we we're pretty, pretty proud of the fact that, yeah, people seem to think that it is so reasonable. A lot goes It really is. Yeah. And, and that makes, you know, it just circulates in the world and it keeps all the stuff out of landfills. The reason I buy vintage clothing is because the fast fashion market, they, they don't pay the workers, the conditions for the environment are terrible, but then you find something from the fifties that has a lining, the stitches, even if you tried to rip out the seam, you can't do it because it's so well put together. You know, I just, it's art, it's artistry and just going through time and having a piece that will last you the next hundred years is pretty amazing. It is. I agree. Well, you're busy. I don't want to keep you. And thank you so much. I'm so honored that you asked me and, and so happy to have met you. The Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast has original music composed by Joshua Holloway. Find him on YouTube, Joshua Holloway Music. This podcast is written by Michelle Bruckner and edited by Michelle Bruckner and Joshua Holloway. Find me on Instagram, Showgirl Tip of Day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Oh,